This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Welcome to The Sick Show, where... A bunch of sickos. Christine's sick and I'm sick. And... Oh, Christine, it's about to be our birthdays very soon. I know when people hear this, it'll already be our birthdays. And fingers crossed we are healed people, but we are going into our next birth years rough. (laughs) Yeah, well, it sucks because also I have a wedding this weekend. So I've been like obsessively testing for COVID and it's been negative every time. I just have like this horrible sinus infection. What's the vibe at a wedding for you? Are you going to mask it up and stay like in the back away from everyone? Or are you like in the party? So, oh, I'm not in the party, thankfully. Okay, um, okay. And I'm only a couple days away. So I'm hoping, like, I just keep this. I mean, it's been going on for like two freaking weeks. I'm like, mm. at a certain point, it has to stop, right? <laughs> right? One ah! would think. <laughs> so far, no, but so maybe. I have, like three days to really, uh, you know. Wait, so what are you doing? For, let's let's be happy for a minute. Let's okay. try. Okay. Well, uh, hang on. Here's my, here's my smile. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Let's like be that? sad. That didn't make me feel good. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what, what are you doing for your B day? I know your mama's coming to town. What are you drinking right now? What's happening? Right now, I'm drinking any and all fluids that I can yeah. find. And, Look what uh, I'm drinking. Look what is what that? I'm drinking. It's an Almdudla. Uh, that was not going to be my first guess, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking an Almdudla. Is it apple juice? What is it? It is. It's apple juice with sparkling sparkling apple juice. It's an Austrian classic. 
I that sounds like something I could get behind. Yeah, it's really good. And I, um, I used to hate anything sparkling when I was little because it hurt my mouth. But now I love it. And uh, it's a uh, they sell it at Jungle Gyms in the Germany aisle. So there's no sparkling that I really truly fully enjoy. Um, like I yeah, I'll drink Lacroix, but half. What of- about like a Dr Pepper or something? Oh, that's a to me soda and sparkling are different things. Right, but this is like sweet because it's like apple juice, you know. That's true. I feel like you'd like it because it's like apple juice with a little bit of a bubblies in it. I do. I realized I do love a blood orange San Pellegrino. Which oh is like, my god, Em. We found it. We found our one crossover beverage. That that I that's my ideal. That's the ideal. Like, that's that's the my ideal. fancy bitch drink where I'm they like. They sold it at Costco the other day, and I was like, I'm getting a 16 pack of these things, and they're like fifty dollars. I didn't buy it, but I was like, I love that shit. That. Oh my God, blood orange! Wait, that was in my wedding cocktail. Mm-hmm. It was blood orange cock. Uh, it was a gin and uh, geo and tonic, and it was blood orange uh, gin and tonic. Oh my God! So um, I'm a real salute for the blood orange. Uh, Love me too. It. Um, I think we found our weakness, Ugh. our combined weakness. Um, Eva, to answer tell your us question. you hate. Tell us you hate blood orange, so we can all. <laughs> Finally, Em and I can have something you can't have. Is, is that, <laughs> that would be uh, to, great. To answer your question for my birthday, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm really hoping that I'll feel better. I think I'll be fine. I, I'm coming down from it Well, so far, at least. That's what I feel like, too. Um, Do you feel like your mom's planning stuff, or are you the one who has to plan it? Honestly, also, it's... why is she staying with you? I thought she's she's not getting a hotel. Sorry, I'm asking so many questions, and they're... I'm sorry. Well, I like to talk about myself, so this works really <laughs> good for me. Um, why is she staying with us? Um, honestly, she's listening to this now, too, so it's going to be embarrassing anyway. But no, I know. My don't. mom has told me enough times that I should have retained the information, and I don't know. And I'm afraid to ask at this point, so I'm just oh, kind of okay. coasting. And when she, so, I'm just but, wondering. I mean, I don't... Because she hasn't in the past, right? No, but also I didn't have a guest room in the past because RJ. Oh, lives fair here. point. Okay, that no, that well, that explains it. Yep. Um, but she does. She's not someone who's trying to like pinch a penny, so I don't no, know why she's I staying guess with us. That's my other question. Is like usually I I picture her being like, enjoy your little apartment. I'm going to the Ritz or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I I usually feel like that's her vibe. So I don't know why she's staying with us. Maybe because it's your birthday. She wants to like I don't know. <laughs> never leave me. Great. Um, <laughs> And I don't know what we're doing for my birthday. I th- I don't, I think it's supposed to be vague and I think I'm supposed to not know what's going on, oh. but also maybe I'm just like hoping that's maybe I'm like holding out that like I'm doing the right thing by being confused. Uh, but I think Allison has something planned that my mom has agreed to and I will just kind of get chauffeured around. Okay. So I don't know what I'm doing for my birthday, um, but I know my mom will be next to me during it, which is what we both wanted last year um and it yeah. just couldn't happen for my big 30th so this is the the reprise like, you know i was telling somebody recently that sometimes it's the off because i was telling my brother because um this year i'm going to a wedding on your birthday and i'm going to a wedding on my brother's birthday but my brother's also going to the wedding on his birthday oh poor uh, guy and it's his 30th i realized oh this week. poor guy. i had no idea but also what i was kind of telling him was you know as people who've now celebrated our 30th in less than ideal circumstances i was uh i think pregnant and it was covid um you know like things like that i i was like you know what these big milestone numbers have so much pressure on them that i almost feel like 
the year after, like the kind of off years, like 31 or, you know, 32, those are the more enjoyable, like there's less pressure to make it like a huge spectacle. Do you know what I mean? And then the disappointment's not there. So I told him like, we're definitely going to do something fun for his birthday. It'll be great. But like, you know, just because it's your 30th doesn't mean like you're never going to have a fun birthday again. Like, well, next year for 31, we can go all out, you know? I see what you were trying to do there and it is lovely, but I'm such a diva that loves a spectacle that I still I demand it. But I know, I but know you what you're saying. you can do a spectacle any year. You know what I mean? You can be like 31's. Like, yeah, you can make 31. Just pass doesn't mean like I don't get to do another big spectacle birthday for 10 years. Like you can just say, you know what? Fuck it. Th- I skipped my birthday this year or it was a flop or whatever. I do like the idea of the theme being um, last year's spectacle plus more. Plus, plus one. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Like you can use that to your advantage and be like next year we're going all out, you know? Yeah. And I, I think um, it just takes I- a little bit of the pressure off, I think. Allison would be right on board with you because last year since it was my 30th and I had such a goddamn crisis about it, which I'm not ashamed of, by the way, uh, but I am aware that I was a menace to everybody. Mm. And hmm. uh, but I did tell Allison even before my birthday last year, I was like, I really want 30 to like be big because I have fantasized about this and like, let me have it. But next year, I swear to God, you're off the hook, Allison. You will not have to worry again oh, for I a see. very long time. So I she really tried last year because i made that promise to her also because uh-huh. she you know she loves me and she's wonderful but she <laughs> but i i know she re- like did not forget that i said this is the last time you'll really have to like put a, a weird amount of effort into it and next year right. like we're just coasting baby and this year i think she she still put something together and i'm sure it's great but i haven't heard her say anything about being as stressed so I'm glad we're all kind of chill and vibe. And you I know. almost feel like sometimes those birthdays end up being more fun because you're not like forcing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I and I'm. It took me 30 years to learn that because I was very disappointed that my 30th was like during COVID. And I know a lot of our friends, a lot of our listeners, same thing. Um, but then when I hit 31 and I had like the best birthday party ever, and it was like super chill. I finally got to see everyone like after COVID. It was so great that I was like, you know what? Like it can be. It can be fun to just um, put it off a year, you know, do the big thing the next year. Are you hoping for anything for your birthday? So I actually have planned a birthday party um, at a barcade downtown. Uh, Fun. Yeah, I'm really excited because we're going to a wedding on Saturday, which is your birthday. Mm Mm-hmm. And then my birthday's the next day. But it, the reason it worked out so well is that so many people coming to the wedding that we're going to are like friends from out of town. So everyone will still mm. be in town so we can do like nice. a big. Yeah. So I booked out like this barcade and it has unlimited bowling and all these like pinball and arcade games and um, a big bar. And I just booked out like a section of that. And um, I'm just kind of a bunch of random people who ever wants to stop by. Uh, come in it's gonna be fun I think um, Blaze has already he said we need to clear out the fridge and I was like for what and he's like your birthday cake and I was like okay now that's so a husband I, he's like I know I was like I got you a I was like, cake the size of a football field it's <laughs> like I'm not clearing out the fridge and he's like it's for your birthday cake I was like okay I'll clear out the fridge <laughs> I'm such um, an asshole I'd be like interesting Allison I thought it was my birthday so yeah you can know, clean right? out the fridge he's like not yet give it another couple days um the anyway. only thing I'm the only thing I'm hoping for, which I actually think I'm 
might not be getting now, which I, I know I mentioned it last time was um, the cupcakes that Allison's made that are like the neon tie-dye. Yeah, I've been thinking about those nonstop. <laughs> Me too. I, uh, I'm i hoping Allison hears this in advance and then like panic makes them. I in don't case think that's she... possible because I think this comes out in like fucking July or something. But I, I, we mentioned it in a previous episode. So. Oh, oh, right. True. Um, I should also just maybe hint it later today that I miss those yummy cupcakes. It's um, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. But my mom, my mom has not spoiled the plans, which I'm sure was very hard for her. So good job to mom. But um, <laughs> Allison, I've already told you, she's an itinerary girly. And so she has written out quite a schedule. And my mom has told me that uh, we from like pretty much uh, from like sunrise to sunset, we will be out. And so I don't oh, think that's fun. Yeah, but I think that means we won't be home to eat cupcakes. Oh, so I'm I see. Wondering what the situation is, but mm, intriguing. I'll find out along the way. Well, so. She has a whole weekend, you know. <gasps> if they're not there on your birthday, you can be like, "Oh, so tomorrow the cupcakes are coming out," and then she can be like, "Postmates, crap! I need flour." You know? <laughs> It'll be good. Um, I have a reason why I drink. <gasps> the, okay, besides that's not, being sick, oh, and it's not your birthday, and it's not any of the above. A new reason. Yes. Well, so when this comes out, everyone pretend that you are um, just time travel back to when Christine and I were recording this, which is June 1st. Everyone uh-huh. time travel back. You know it well. You've been there. We haven't. Um, so <laughs> June 1st. OK. Uh, happy last, Pride. Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Norm- birthday, Alyssa. One of my queer friends who is also born in June. I just I love my little like queer June tribe. You know what I mean? There's nothing I love more than the fact that Gemini season and Pride season happen it's, at the same time. It's, it's like it's it delicious. couldn't be more perfect. It's delicious. Uh. Um, uh, oh, I was going to say, last week, we discussed the Duggars, yes? Correct. Do you realize, I never even mentioned this because I really went into a tirade on the, you know, we really talked, talked it up. Uh-huh. Um, did you know how topical that was? Um, no. Because... Do you know the most recent update at all about no. the Duggars? Okay, so it's like I went in and then I immediately locked it up and launched it into outer space and never fair. looked back. That's fair. Nobody really needs <laughs> more of that. And I mean, I, I feel like you'll tell me as you are right now. So well, I f- I feel so silly that I should have said it then, oh. but now it's like delayed and this is old news to everybody else. But to you and me, remember we're yeah. all in, we're all here on June first right now. So yay! Right. Um. What happened at midnight? The Duggar Tell All documentary comes out. Oh, tonight. Tonight, which Happy is our fucking birthday, Em. Birthday weekend. And for my birthday gift, you told me about the Duggars. They were just so perfectly lined up and I totally forgot to tell you about it. So uh, tonight, because um, I'm obviously going to watch it and I have to make it a, a spectacle, as we've said, <gasps> um, as you know, because we've discussed this enough privately, is that the Duggars are obsessed with this meal called Cedar Tuck Casserole. I love that um, we discuss it privately, like because this is such a personal discussion. Not only that, but Christine has uh, custom cricket made me my oh, own Tater Tuck Casserole you'd pan. Thrown it out or forgotten about it by now. Do you know how many times I've made Tater Tuck Casserole in that Wait, thing? You have actually used it? Yes, only for Tater Tuck Casserole. And so I'm going to cry. I made so, that with my cricket machine and some glass engraving tools. Well, tonight like I will be psycho. using it again. Yay! Uh they're they're also obsessed with um pickles. That was like that's like Michelle Duggar's big so like, pre- pregnant food. I love a gherkin. And so <laughs> uh I'm gonna have 
Why are you making that face? It's the truth. So I'm going to. Sometimes uh, I think we don't have enough like one liners on this show. And then you say things like, I love a gherkin. And I'm like, fucking put it on a shirt, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, now that's a Vlasic. So I. And, <laughs> okay, we can't take that one, guys. That, that is one's trademarked. Trademarked. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, tonight I'm having my own little watch party. Even though I'm sick, I have nothing to do tonight. And so I'm just going to sit Fucking, there and yes it ha- comes out at midnight i'm gonna have my my ttc and i'm gonna have my gherkins and we're gonna have a little party what does the um casserole dish say i was afraid to ask if you still had it because i didn't want you to feel like oh no i threw it away i think it just says M's tater tot casserole dish or something yeah i think that's right i forgot the name of ttc tater tot casserole and it has like little swirlies on it um, yeah it's very oh, I'm uh, so excited southern Anne. bell dish anyway that's if this is i am aware this news is delayed but in this present moment it like oh, what was do you think's so... gonna happen i don't know i feel like ugh, i think i'm gonna get like two really good pieces of intel and other and i don't know that. I don't know. So Jill and Derek are in this and they're going to talk about their experience and they're pissed. I'm pretty sure they are like fully removed from Jim Bob and some of the siblings. Mm. So like, I think they at at this point have only the truth to discuss and they have a map and they have a memoir coming out um, next year. So I think, are you going to real talk? Are you going to read the memoir? Are you going to do an audible? Are you just not going to read it? Uh, TikTok clip it. Uh, usually I, I, I TikTok clip it or like I'll wait for Reddit to post it in clips because right. I really don't want to like s- give them my money. Right. Um, If for some reason I can't, I, I might wait around and see if something leaks. And then if it doesn't, I, I might give in. But I'm going to try my best to not give them my money. Gotcha. Um, so because one of the things I really liked about Reddit with uh, Ginger's book is that someone was just like copy and pasting like the pages into the Reddit like Jesus. which like is so fucked up but also like none of us wanted to like give her our money so like it was useful i'm not saying it was right but it was useful uh but so uh it's I unethical don't know if... but it's you have to like yeah, balance... i get it I you get have to it. balance the morals it's like which one of which one do i hate more or exactly, less exactly exactly um so but i'm excited about i will i will figure out the information in the memoir i don't know how i'm going to get the information but i'll figure it it out i don't doubt that at all no and the documentary today i or there that comes out later today i don't know there's some like really big players that are like in the documentary which is cool so like i feel like there's going to be some good information but i also don't know i don't i don't know i'm We'll see. But I'm expecting okay. to be disappointed, not in a, like a negative Nancy way, but in a like, let's keep my, let's keep it restrained and like not. Let's keep our, um, our expectations in yes. check. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Anyway, I'm very excited for my uh, party of one Duggar watch party tonight. I can't my... wait. I'm so I... happy for you. You know what? I might watch TV tonight too. <laughs> ah, that'd be fun. You should make TTC. <laughs> I should. Can you send me the recipe for real? I don't have it. It's, um. It sounds disgusting. It actually tastes kind of good, and like I'm, I'm so ashamed you know of saying me. that. But it's like good. I like everything. I'm, I eat it everything. Fills the old tummy up real right. So, um, it's a good time. Okay. I will send you the recipe. It's very simple. It's like four ingredients, and you just oh, shove them fuck together. Yes. Um, okay. Wow. I feel like Let's I stole party. the show. There is there anything you would like to say? Um, no, on... I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like on that Dayquil grind. I'm just like <laughs> loving life, drinking my sparkling apple juice, going back to childhood mentally. Um, you know, just... are you um, 
before we get into it, and it is Pride, I want to say happy Pride to you. Is this your first out Pride? I still don't feel like I'm technically out, but yeah. Well, you're only talking into a microphone for the masses. <laughs> I know. I think that's why it doesn't feel real. Um, but yes, I do. I do identify as bisexual, and I have a cute little sticker on my laptop to prove it. Okay, everybody. <laughs> hey. Okay. I mean, that so, sounds pretty out to so me. Happy Pride, Em. I'm. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. That makes me very happy. Well, I've and had... since I since I uh, like said that, I a couple friends that I have are like, "Hey, did you know I'm bi too?" And I'm like, "What? No." You so, buys, you're all sneaky, hiding. You little mysteries. That's why everyone yeah. hates us. They're like, ooh, they're too sneaky. We can't trust them. And guess what? You can't. Yeah. Every time I turn a corner, I'm like, is there another one over there? Yeah. Yes. I feel like I will turn the corner. Everyone can take a look at me and know what the situation <laughs> is. With you. We hear you coming a mile away. You know what I mean? It's like, here comes them. Here comes them screaming, I bullshit. love women. I'm very queer. Yeah, <laughs> I love women, but also tater tot casserole and the Duggars. <laughs> Just figure it out, you know? Yeah, whatever the who whatever my identity is, I'm going to hell. So whatever. Um, <laughs> Me if too. You if you talk to the Duggars, that's what they'll tell you. Mm. Okay. So uh, anyway, happy Pride. I didn't want to forget to say that that's to you. so kind of you. Thank you. you. Happy Pride. And to you and Eva. And, and that's it. Nobody else. Okay. Just kidding. Everybody. Just us. Just us. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant and cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and em and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink list can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper 
and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is um, a shorty, so I encourage banter. But great. Um, so it's going to be four hours long. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm ready. But I, I did. I was doing the notes, and I was like, oh, they're a little shorter than my usual stuff, so I feel a little like nervous. But oh, whatever. No, don't worry. It it's it's always ends up being a good thing. It evens out. Well, uh, I personally love this story, and I think you'll figure out the vibe very quickly. Ooh. Um, I think you'll know why this category of. Uh, topic is my favorite i'll just get into it this is the story of sergey ponomarenko whoa you said that so smoothly i practice because i know i fuck up so much on the misspellings or on the, on the mispronunciations ponomarenko ponomarenko who's that i'll tell you as i get into this i would like to give shout outs to the youtube channels joe scott and the y files because 99 percent of my information came from their videos nice um and i looked elsewhere but really they were the most concise and well put together stories so that was oh, what i worked okay. off of and also as i'm saying i know i fuck up pronunciations it's kiev right or is it kiev in ukraine i think it's kiev or kiev kiev i don't know <laughs> i'm glad you don't know because i feel like less of a kiev. dick but I, I feel like I, i've always listened to the news clippings and gone okay that's how you say it and then i fuck it up anyway I watched yeah. like 10 YouTube channels and everyone said it differently. And Kiev. I was like, well, this does not fucking help me. I think it maybe was Kiev. Kiev. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just saying that for no reason. What is wrong with me? Everyone leave me alone. We're pronouncing it Kiev and know that I tried. And if I still fucked it up, what else is new? Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's talk about Sergei Ponomarenko. That I can fucking say, everybody. <laughs> Okay. How am, uh, how amazing by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Once in my life. Okay, so we the date is April 23rd, 2006. Okay. In Kiev, Kiev, mm-hmm. Kiev, Ukraine. Okay, April 2006. People are walking around town, hanging out in Ukraine, and then they notice this man. <gasps> and he seems very confused and he's looking <gasps> up at this building. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I know what's happening, I think. What? Is it like a like a time travel? <gasps> he seems very confused. He's looking up at this building. He is in his early 20s, and he is wearing clothes that are new and yet out of date. Yes! Oh, fuck yes, I love these kind of stories. Um. Uh... Everyone thinks it's very odd how he's dressed because his clothes do look like he just bought them, That's but they freaky. are 50 years out of date. At the same time, oh, something else he has that's very new on him is an antique camera. <gasps> it like still has the price tag on it and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So weird. He approaches all these people because he's confused. He's like asking people for directions. Nobody's able to help him because he's looking for this street that does not seem to exist. <gasps> dun dun dun. Uh, this I'm catches the this catches the eye of two cops, and they of course come, it does. <laughs> no, of course. 
<laughs> Anything suspicious Those or not suspicious, eyes. they Those will be eyes. suspicious of. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this catches the eye of two cops. The eyes of two cops? Hmm. Whatever. I think the eye in the, the phrase, the idiom, catch the eye of someone or something. Well, two police officers show up. They see that he looks confused. He's looking around. They're like, how can we help you? This guy says, I'm looking for this one street, and they've never heard of it. So they show him a map. They're like, where are you trying to get to? He show he points to the map where the street should be, and there's a landfill. <gasps> oh no, this poor guy of all things. And the cops are like, "Who are you? Can you can you show us some ID?" Uh, and he says his name is Sergey Ponomarenko, uh-huh. and he hands them his ID. And the cops are very thrown off by his ID. Oh my god. Because not only does the ID say that he's from the Soviet Union, which is not a thing anymore. And it also says that he was born in 1932. <gasps> oh, boy. And he looks 25 years old. Ah! He uh, either has, like, a really good Korean skincare regimen <laughs> or something time travel is afoot. Something silly is happening here. <laughs> uh, they're like, how? It says you're born in 1932. What? what's the situation Explain and somehow yourself. and sergey uh i think they probably said something like how were you born in 1932 and you look like you're 25 yeah and through very quick conversation sergey says like uh the year is 1958 oh no that's very far off sir <laughs> it's like mm, you might not be onto something um, no uh, unfortunately it's pretty far off I wonder if he said the year is 1958 or last I checked it was 1958. Because if you're, I feel like a cop in 2006 looks very different than the one in 1958. Great, great point. Like you're walking around. Nobody looks like you. This like, is it not clicking? Something's on the phone. Like women are wearing pants. Like things are wrong everywhere. It's yeah. Something's amiss. You've got to immediately realize that. Yeah. Well, so the cops hear him say it's 1958 and they go, okay, let's take you down the street to this psychiatric clinic. Ding dong, we've got a visitor. Yep. (laughs) And uh, let's see how much help you might need. Um, So apparently at this visit, there was CCTV footage that shows Sergey looking very nervous. And a nurse that was interviewed later ended up saying that he was acting very strange and agitated, would not give his belongings to her, and kept staring at her phone, her mobile phone. Aha, see? Which, 2006, that was like the first year of the iPhone, too. Imagine he came, he came at the right time. Right time. And also, like, the hot pink razors were still vibing. Oh. Blackberry. I mean, imagine learning to play Brick Breaker on an original Blackberry. Remember the chocolate? And oh, it, like, it was I the first the phone LG that like did chocolate. this. It like moved up. Did you? you know? Yeah. Did you have the lime green one? No, I was a, I was a razor kid. Me too. Uh, and we I didn't should, have an iPhone already, until. I know, I know we already knew this about each other. I know we've had this conversation. I just feel it in my bones. But we'll we'll have to discuss our phones again because I made a list of every phone I ever had because I. I think apparently we did this make on lists. the show. I think we did this in an after chat. Maybe we'll, did we? <laughs> maybe we'll do something similar. Anyway. Anyway, for uh, originally I was a razor kid, and I didn't get an iPhone or a smartphone at all until college. No, Me until neither. grad school. 
till I met you in Boston. Oh, that's right. Neither did Blaze. He still had a flip phone. Um, it didn't even have internet. Yeah, me <laughs> and too. I was like, you are in graduate school. You need a phone. <laughs> My mom, when I was moving out of the state, she was like, I need to know where you are. <laughs> I was oh, like, okay, that's fair. I mean, if she's going to pay for your phone, like, why not? You know, it was a fair argument. So, mm-hmm. okay. So he's staring at the phone, undetermined if uh, it was an iPhone or the chocolate or the razor <laughs> or a Blackberry or a Blackberry. A lot of foods. Blackberry, what is that? chocolate. That's kind of weird, huh? Hmm. Hmm. Apple. Uh, oh, what is happening here? Do you know why they named it Apple, fun fact? Um, let me think. Something about fucking Eve? What? No, my brother just taught me this. Um, apparently, I think it was either Steve Jobs or Wozniak, but one of the Wait, was Wozniak the other one? Anyway, one of them, um, when they were coming up, I think it was Steve Jobs was coming up with a name. He wanted to be, like, the first um in the yellow pages when you look up like a tech mm. company and so he did an a name and did apple smart i know i feel like there's an eve thing i feel like some christian probably wrote a story about it like oh, made God. made it put it part of the zeitgeist you know that's you right now because i think no one's ever said that except you. <laughs> let me see i i believe you fully but i feel like there's got to be was it the duggars who said that because it sounds like <laughs> the duggars would apple... say some bullshit like that apple logo why apple logo why <laughs> why it represents knowledge as in the biblical story of adam and eve okay i feel like it was hon i i can't say it right but you can say it say it, the the double say it Say what? Oh, double entendre. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it's a little bit everything. Okay, well, you're probably right. I don't know. Maybe my brother's was... um, No, that makes sense, too. Steve Jobs was... Steve Jobs named the company Apple because he liked the fruit. Steve Jobs followed a fruitarian (laughs) diet. Okay, so maybe that's why. So every answer imaginable is the right one. That's hilarious. I I know he was like the king of like user design and like IO psych. I totally believe the Apple thing in the front of a yellow page. That totally makes yeah, sense. It's, it makes sense, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe my brother made that up. I have no idea. I don't know. I'd believe, I'd believe it. I am believing it. So whatever. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, he's still, he's staring at the phone. He's acting really weird on the CCTV footage. Um, and at this psychiatric appointment, this is where he meets a psychiatrist named Dr. Pablo Kuchikov. Okay. And basically Dr. Kuchikov says, what is the last thing you remember? Because yeah. homie, a lot has happened since 1958. Fair question. And this is a quote from Sergei. He said, it was daytime and I wanted to go for a walk in the city. I took my camera, but when I left my house, I saw a strange object that had <gasps> a bell shape. Oh, it was very strange, and it was flying in a strange way. It's difficult to explain what I was seeing. It might be better to look at the photos from my camera. <gasps> this is the kind of eyewitness we need. So they take his camera. Fuck yes. And they realize that it is a vintage camera, obviously, but it's also a rare camera, so they needed to call in a specific photographer uh-huh. who would know how to develop the film the right way. The photographer, his name was, I think it's Vadim, uh, Vadim Posner, Posmer, Vadim Posmer. 
And he was a photographer who knew the camera well. He said the camera was a Yashima Flex. And he also said what was interesting about the film for this camera is that it was discontinued in the 1970s. Discontinued. Oh, and it's brand new looking. It's, in fact, in perfect condition. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. Even though it's almost 50 years old. Oh, my goodness. So when he develops the film, he looks at the photos, and the photos are from... Uh, the same part of town, but everything looks like it's from the 1950s. <gasps> the cars, the people, buildings that are no longer there. And that's my dream is to be able to see like photos of exactly where I go day to day. Also, in the old times. maybe I'm an idiot um, when it comes to like vintage film. But to my knowledge, if that film wasn't developed, there's no way that that guy could have known what was on the roll of film beforehand when he when he handed over his camera and said look at my camera like unless he took the pictures he wouldn't know it was on that roll of film because it hadn't been developed yet right but he did take the pictures right yeah but i'm saying like for the skeptics out there who'd be like oh well he might have known what was on the camera but it's like but how but unless he took the pictures himself and like like how would he know what's on the roll them I'm I'm saying like for skeptics who might think like he just like grabbed a random camera and like was oh, putting on a oh, bit. Oh, was was grabbing. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. You wouldn't know. There's no like playback feature that he can like go through and be like preview yeah. what's on there. I see what like you're he saying. had to know it was on the roll of film yes. to be able so to either tell it was people. his camera and he had somehow elaborately done this or it was like really from that time. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And Got so it. um. So he said, I was walking around and I saw this weird thing in the sky and I was taking pictures and looked through my camera and everything in there was 1950s Kiev, including pictures of him in front of buildings that no longer exist in the same outfit he was wearing in that moment. So it was as if he, it was as if those pictures were taken today and uh, bananas, dude. And he, it wasn't just him in the pictures, but it was also of his girlfriend (gasps) slash fiance, different sources said different things. Her name is Valentina Kurish. And so there's pictures of the two of them just walking around the city, taking pictures together. And the last photo is of a bell-shaped UFO (gasps) in the sky. Shut up. Sergey says... At the same moment when I took the picture, I went down to look at the camera and somehow I showed up in this year. And then he looks back up and there's this fucking giant building. And that's why he looked confused. (gasps) Screenplay. Screenplay. (laughs) That night, I guess they like held him because they were like, this is either psychiatric hold. Yeah, right. It's like either this is so true the government needs to get involved right, or it's fair point. not true and hospitals need to get They've involved. They've probably multiple motives here. Yeah. So that night they have him in a room. He goes back to his room. Um, and I guess this is around the same time when they're developing the pictures. Uh, they go try to get him the next morning and he's gone. Fully vanished. And the door had CCTV on it the whole time. So there was only one way in, one way out. And he never left. And there's no explanation for how he disappeared. He just wasn't in his room the next day. What the F? My first thought was like, oh, the government got involved and kidnapped him and like made him disappear. Yeah. But 
I don't know if that's possible, I guess. I that's that was my first thought, but that doesn't seem to be the majority theory. Oh, okay. Um but anyway, so he's banished. And now they're like, "Well, what do we do? Like, do we just keep going with this like investigation? Do we like try to look for him again? Where do we look for him? When do we look for him? Like, what like what happened?" <laughs> So they're trying Help. to learn they're trying to learn more about Sergey to get some like information. Uh and when going through old archives and old police reports, they learn that there was a Sergey uh, Ser- sorry, a Sergey Ponomarenko who was declared missing in Kiev in 1960. No. By the way, it took them 2 years to declare him missing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I were like I wonder if back in those days it was like i don't like it was like i don't well, know maybe he'll be back maybe he just like when the fiance reported it they're like he probably just ran away didn't want to marry you well so they also knew that his fiance's they knew his fiance's name because she had told them and so they looked her up and they looked up <gasps> valentina kurish and they found a 74 year old woman no. named valentina kurish who was still nearby I'm losing my mind. This is crazy. So they go meet her. They show her the picture of Sergey in the missing persons report. And the picture that the police had in the missing persons report, uh-huh. she had that exact same picture. <gasps> and she said, yep, that's that's my fiance. And <laughs> that's my boy. <laughs> uh, Where the uh, fuck is he? <laughs> <laughs> So apparently uh, they showed her the picture and she said Sergei did disappear because they were saying like he was saying it was 1958 and he just vanished from 1958. She said he actually did vanish in 1958, the same year that he was claiming it was, but showed up a few days later. And the amount of time that he was missing was the same amount of time that he was in 2006. Whoa. And then, so then he eventually returned and he went missing a few more times. So that would explain the 1960. And then he disappeared again in the 1970s. But after that, he never returned. So now the investigators are thinking we got him in some sort of time jump in 1958. But after that, he's time jumped more. And now we really don't know where he is. Because he's lost in the sauce of, of, of time. It's like we thought we found him we thought he would jump back to like 50 years ago but then 50 years ago another right. like 12 years after that he's gone and now who fucking knows where he is oh my god so it's one of those trippy things of like well in the in the future in the past we did this but in the future he does this it's very crazy it's very so, trippy uh anyway apparently she said in the 1970s he vanished and this time it was for good and even though she never saw him again one day she got this weird piece of mail (gasps) and found that it was a picture of him (gasps) that was sent to her and he was in kiev and he was standing with a sky with the skyline of the city behind him but the skyline had more buildings than it should have as if the building's were built at a later date and he was sending a picture from the future oh and the picture was dated 2050 okay at least we know kiev's not gonna go totally down right if this is true (laughs) can you imagine also yeah i know i know given how everything is exactly 
Can you How imagine scary. though being an an investigator being like, well, I guess we just wait another thirty fucking Seriously. years. Like I'll be retired. I'm not me, but the sheriff or whatever be like, I'll be retired by then. I guess at that point though, if you know it's taken in twenty fifty, for the entire year just have someone around the clock exactly where he took the picture to grab True. him. <laughs> you know? Wait, that's a great point. Like somebody has to be waiting. Yeah. So she gets this picture in the mail. It's dated 2050. It's a skyline that has not yet existed. And on the back of the photo is a handwritten note that says, Dearest Valentina, everything is fine with me. I will try to return when I can. Yours, Sergey. Oh, my God. So, so, so that first one when in 2006 must have been the first time this happened. Yeah, and apparently he's just been bopping around just so and fucking used like, to it now. It now. Yeah, he's like got yeah. a whole system where he can mail things in the past and shit. Oh I don't... my god, blow our gourds from the future. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm so impressed. A good old gourd blowing. And so... Uh... <laughs> don't put that on the shirt either, Eva. <laughs> so now she's got this letter and she never heard from him again. So he knows how to mail things into the past, but not get back to the he, past. He also or, knows how to leave a girl hanging. You know, I was going to say, maybe he just wasn't uh, that like indeed. Stringing her along every now and then she get like, she's with a new man. And then all of a sudden this photo of her futuristic boyfriend appears and her person's like, seriously. Although she's now 74 and still had this picture ready to give to the police. So she's still waiting on him. Oh, poor thing. Maybe she's like, well, I'll go back too. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Back in time. So uh, after that, he was really never heard of again. The last thing we know is that he apparently will be in Ukraine in 2050 in front of this skyline. Okay, I'll be waiting. And then in 2011, so just over 10 years ago for us, a, a documentary that is only in Russian and has to be translated into English to watch the whole thing. Uh, it is called The Time Traveler, and it's about Sergei. Um, so... If you are able to get access to that and speak Russian, speak you can watch Russian. that. <laughs> also, there was a Ukrainian TV show called Aliens. Ooh. And episode three was dedicated to the story of Sergei Ponomarenko. Okay. And if this is true, if all this really did happen and he really did time travel, the running theory is that because the last picture in his camera was of a UFO and then he got blasted into another time period. Mm -hmm. uh, they think that maybe the UFO like noticed him noticing them and reacted or like tried to zap him away and <laughs> something happened and he wormholed into another time zone or another yeah. time period. Um, but then I wonder like, but then why would they zap him back to his own time or to other time periods? Yeah, do or, like, you wonder, do you think maybe it could be like accidental? Like, they did something to him and now it's like a glitch where he like can't control it. Like, I wonder if it was part of, cause I mean, it would make sense with other abduction stories where like you lose track of time. So maybe they like accidentally flipped one switch and not the other. So instead of yeah. like making him forget the time he was in, they accidentally moved him to a different fucking time. I don't right. know. Yeah. It feels like almost a, a, a little bit of a hiccup in their planning or like they, maybe they reacted like spontaneously and accidentally fucked it up somehow. I like to think there was like an alien on board who was supposed to be in charge of that. And he like tripped and fell onto a lever and it like, <laughs> and he still won't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Oh no, it's like faulty technology. It wasn't me. 
But so now he's got like, I don't know if the theory is then that he now has this like power to time jump or if they are constantly watching him and keeping tabs on him and they keep trying to, are they trying to bring him back to his own time and keep fucking up? Like, I don't fucking know. Or are they just like using, is this now an experiment, you know, that he's part of? Huh. All I know is he probably regrets taking that last picture of a UFO. Uh, Yeah, I would think so. This is a, a PSA for everybody. If you see something in the sky, turn around, walk away. <laughs> That's all. No freaking way. Take a picture and email it to us immediately. I'm not from listening. 2050. From <laughs> mail us a postcard. No, uh, I don't know. I feel like if I saw something, we all have iPhones now. Like the aliens can't just zap everybody who tries to take a picture. That also makes me wonder, like, how familiar are they with our technology for them to know he was using a camera, like. Maybe they but, didn't know he was using a camera. Maybe they just sensed that he was... Seeing them? Seeing them? I don't know. Maybe they thought the camera was a weapon because he was, like, aiming it at them. And it was all old and bulky. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Like, do aliens today know when our iPhone is taking a picture of them? Yeah, well, you know, you hear this in uh, stories where anytime there's, like... um an anomaly or a cryptid sighting or something weird and you go back and watch the cctv it just like skips or it glitches it's almost like or if you try to take a photo of a ufo it just turns out black or a ghost you know what i mean yeah like like they know something we hear that all the time it's like it either just doesn't function with our technology or they can block it yeah i don't know well holy shit em so the theory is that they reacted somehow and it caused him to start glitching through time periods. And Damn. Uh, this, uh, again, this enables the theory that aliens and UFOs are capable of space-time travel that we are not capable of. Right. According to Einstein's theory of relativity, which I will not be getting into, is... Uh, <laughs> That'll be my story this, this episode. <laughs> that's the true crime. It is um, a true crime. <laughs> so very simply put, Einstein has said that time travel is possible, but we would have to move so unbelievably like like speed of light fast to even right. experience like a a blip of time travel and we just don't have the technology for it but theoretically it is possible it's possible and technology is exponentially advancing so yeah and uh ai like maybe ai can add to it you know oh my god can you imagine if you just like go into like chat gpt and you're like i need you to tell me the formula to time travel can you please well that's what i'm currently doing i'm typing out um, in chat GPT, <laughs> what is Einstein's uh, theory of relativity? Since I'm supposed to cover it in two minutes and I don't know what it is. I'm actually asking them to tell me. So it's actually well, working pretty great. They, they, It is pretty interesting. I was watching videos on it and I was like, it's just not worth getting into today. But <laughs> but yeah. some, some of the experiments they've done to prove that time travel exists is very... I mean, they've, they've done experiments that have shown technically time travel, but it is so so like so uh like not like a, not a oh, what's wrong with me am i can i speak i don't like I don't, such a minuscule yeah yes like on such a small scale like a micro scale that yeah like they were using like super accurate clocks and flying uh, like at like rocket speed to then show that that accurate clock is actually now a second behind, like, like other a millisecond clocks. back. Yeah. Which, yeah. It, I mean, it was pretty powerful. I remember that. And I feel like that's pretty incredible because, 
I mean, all we need to do is think about like fast. Think about 50 years ago, like the thought of a fucking chat GPT would have been outrageous. So like you never yeah. know in 30 years if we will just suddenly be able to do that um, and make it be a bonkers. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com uh, and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast-branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. So they think that since technically time travel is possible, we just don't have the advanced technology for that. Maybe the UFO that saw him, they do have the advanced technology for that. And so uh -huh. they accidentally warped him from one place to another <laughs> they're like he's um, not used to this oh shit i forgot <laughs> he's new here <laughs> uh there is after all of this there is however a very large chance that none of this is true for obvious reasons mm. but uh some examples that people have used are that the discontinued camera film even though it was not manufactured anymore in, since the 1970s, it was still something you could purchase through the 90s. Sure. So only 10 years from 2006, he could have found it in his basement and taken a picture. 
But like or for he... what? I guess just to cause a scene, I guess. I guess so. I mean, he fucking nailed it if he was trying to like like pull one over us. But like what did he get out of it? Personal private bragging rights. I don't and know. And then like decades later they find Oh no, it wasn't decades later they found the fiance. It was like that time, right? Was it in 2006 they found her? They found her in 2006. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. So maybe, I mean, also, I guess if you wanted to pull an elaborate ruse, you could just go in the phone book and after Apple, find the next person who's like (laughs) in there, just pick a name and then just like show people a picture of a random girl and just be like, oh, that's that. This is her name. She's 74. But then why would she have the photo? Oh, yeah. No, what I'm saying is maybe that was his actual fiance and he was or his some lady mm. he actually knew and was like, here, when the police come show them this photo. Right, <laughs> but like, right. It seems so ridiculous. Like, why would you get your 74-year-old neighbor to do this weird prank with you? Yeah. I don't know. It's just odd. Maybe, like, his grandpa had the same name as him and the grandpa dated that woman and that grandpa left her randomly in the seventies <laughs> and he looks very weirdly similar to him. So the picture matched his face. That explains it. I don't know. So and anyway, he learned Photoshop and could make <laughs> that weird to the, that 2050 uh, skyline. Well, so they say the camera film technically could have been purchased in, in 2006 and still been pretty much in perfect condition. They also say that um, the cop they interviewed that, found him said this all happened on a tuesday but april 23rd 2006 was on a sunday that could be a genuine mistake um also apparently the soviet union id card that he showed the cops had the wrong seal stamped on it but this was also a picture that was used for the show alien so maybe it was just like a random graphic designer error for like as like it was just like a random b-roll to show on the show oh. of like and his card looked like this and like maybe they just like they just ran- made a f- made up a fake one yeah and like for, the, for a prop and yeah and whoever did the art didn't know the history of what seal goes on a card so <sighs> it could have been an error from the show also sergey apparently told them he was born in june but the id that was shown on television said in march again that could have been a similar art error um and the cctv footage had the wrong date on it uh but cameras have wrong dates all the fucking time right um and then just like you said the pick from 2050 the buildings in the skyline could have been photoshopped especially because one of them does look exactly like the empire state building Uh, okay Um, that's not reassuring but that picture was also used on the television show so it could have been a dramatization and like because what's interesting is if this story is real all of the photos and all the documents and all the cctv footage that we have was actually just used in this show aliens and they were all reenactments okay now i'm getting it so all the clips were dramatizations including the cctv footage any interviews they were all not the real people they were all reenactors doing Mm. restoration scenes so even though i think the 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 major problem which this is um one of the youtubers his name was joe scott he was the one that i guess figured all this out so credit to him but uh it seems like this footage from 
the aliens show which was a ukrainian show was only on for a season made all these dramatization scenes and clips for the show and then because we never had the show when it got spread online we took all this and thought it was real footage and real interviews and real documents oh and so now it seems like this story might be a total bust and everything we know is just from artwork they made for the tv show so like you think they made it up on this tv show i think it was i don't know but my like they my bet my bet is this is essentially an urban legend or a creepypasta or something and they heard the story and just kind of ran with it as a segment oh. and had to make all the art from scratch because i think the story they go with is like oh the actual documents have never been able to be found and it's like well that's shady but also uh-huh. i guess you could blame like a government conspiracy on that so they right. had to make everything from scratch because they didn't have the originals and it's not like ukraine right now has other things on their mind you know right <laughs> so uh joe he said maybe these were dramatizations but if they were if there were really documents and footage where are they and he also looked for police records of like the missing persons information he looked for proof that the doctor or the photographer were real and he even tried to reach out from that 2011 russian documentary he tried to reach out to like the producers of it like he tried to reach out to anybody that would have any information on where he could find real intel or real proof that the story is true okay and he couldn't find anything oh man so it seems like this story just kind of ended up becoming an episode of a show and then all that footage got spread online and it kind of built upon itself as this big scary time travel urban legend story Oh my god, I like I want it to be real so bad. <laughs> I do too. And uh I did this was a hard one to do any research for because apparently there are other famous Sergei Ponomarenkos. Um they are all athletes. One is an Olympic ice dancer and the other two are professional football players. So oh. if you look him up, time traveler is not like the top link. Um <laughs> <laughs> you'd think it would be, but apparently sports one this time i am impressed that someone was like an olympian but also time traveler still beats you in my mind so yeah sorry in our circles not as impressive yeah so uh i tried but it seems like all of this might just be a total bust and man i knew these stories always kind of end up like that because otherwise like we would all know more about it but i still love them because it's like there's such an air of mystery about it still that's like could still be possible you know i i want it so badly to be real but also my first thought would be if it was real the government would make sure we never knew about it right true point true point because like how easy is government so you know that's true but i think of like russian spies and like i think of like ukraine like i think of like especially those are like yeah yeah yeah, oh yeah soviet fair. union right like i i feel like you just hear like these like buzzwords of like oh really intense governments that like are not going to right. let that shit slip through the cracks understood that does make some sense yes but anyway so i would love for it to be real but um it seems like this was all i don't know where the story would have started from or where it would have you know I don't know where it would have would it, where it would have came from, but I will say the the TV show Aliens. They even say uh, 
it, it like you know how a lot of tv shows will have like a a warning come up like before the, sh- the episode yeah, starts sure. like like a psa or something it even says uh that all of these uh it said something like all of this footage is reenactments and we cannot confirm that the story is true and so Aww. it seems almost like pretty much right away they're telling you they're this is a fake story of. and this is for like just the sake of storytelling man anyway. oh man but man what a good story if I it were want real it to be real um if he's in 2050 he has access to old vintage podcasts from 2023 <gasps> and maybe so we're right maybe we're talking about him and he's hearing it hello if he, can you hear me if he pops up in my room right now i will scream my little face off who's that behind you stop <laughs> you did pause and i was like what's going on okay ah. anyway if he's real and if any time travelers are real you know just send maybe us send hi. us send us a picture of you in front of a skyline that doesn't exist yet you we'll know be quiet we won't say anything except unless the government like holds me for information then i will absolutely crack so yeah yeah we can't promise that under any sort of pressure even slight pressure that we won't crack we can't promise (laughs) that even the threat of pressure i (laughs) will spill so even a kind of an eyebrow raise and i'm done you know i don't really have much uh much more than that i have seen like the it's was a meme that went around for a long time in like college but it was like uh if future you doesn't come if your future you doesn't time travel back to the past to stop you from doing the thing you're about to do how bad can it really be and i'm like (laughs) it feels like such a chaotic christine move of like if i (laughs) wasn't supposed to and future me really cared that much future me would show up stepped in by now you know what i'm saying (laughs) and i feel like uh i wonder sometimes like why hasn't like future me shown up to prevent me from anything and i'm like honestly because we both me and future me know that i would freak the fuck out so <laughs> yeah you couldn't handle it you know you'd be at like, all i know myself they can't handle it um, the closest thing to time travel i will ever have is surprising myself with chocolate covered strawberries from future me or past honestly me. is probably the best way we could all experience hope to experience it there's there's a uh i guess like a meme account i don't know they're I think they're called like Frog Witch or something. I follow them oh, on sure. Instagram. <laughs> but they they have a, a shirt with a frog on it and it says, uh, sleep is just a time machine to breakfast, my dudes. And I'm Oh like, yeah, yeah. I'm I like, man, that, I love that. I have that on my Pinterest of like I have a Pinterest board of like things to put um on my little letter board. And uh that's one of my favorites. Sleep is just I, a time machine to breakfast. You haven't heard that before? Oh, I've heard it. I, I every time I go past one of their pictures, I feel, I feel like, like, that's like I been, see it. Uh, I feel like that's been a thing for like. I think I used to say that in like college when I thought I was really deep, deep. <laughs> but it, it still it still gets me. Like I've heard it probably a hundred times now, and it still gets me going every time because I'm like, that is the closest thing to time travel. Is if I close my eyes long enough and then open them, I'll be in a different time period. And you know what the most ironic part is? You and I have insomnia, so like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Like, why can't we just be like, it's time travel. That's to, such a good to point. To food, to the, our favorite meal. And maybe we that's literally how I need still to, can't do it. Maybe that's how I need to start thinking about going to bed. I'm like, oh, got got it. Kind of like how, like, I couldn't take my vitamins. So I'm like, oh, I have to go to the apothecary. Like, to I had make to make it, it fun. A, a spectacle. 
It's like, oh, I have to go to bed. No. Wait a second. Oh, I have to go time travel. Your bed is now a time travel capsule. You have to put like lights and a door and you have to make it a spectacle. It's a time machine. It's a DeLorean. You a, need to make it a, a DeLorean. De Snorian. No, nope, that was Snorian. I. It's better than all the other bullshit ones you say. No offense. Um, <laughs> I. What about what about this? You know how they have those race car beds? You can make a DeLorean <clears throat> race car bed. Shut the fuck up, Christine. You know, and then you can seriously be like, "I'm getting into my time machine." I love it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Don't look it up because I want to make it for you for your birthday. It's kind of late now. It's in two days. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure if anyone knew how to make a custom race car bed look like a DeLorean, the price the limit does not exist. Don't I, Google it. I'm telling you to right now not to Google it. Does it exist? I don't know yet. Just don't Google it because I have some thing I have to do. I'm not you, kidding. I'll tell you once I've given up and you can Google it. Does that okay, work? It's fine. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Oh my God. And Christine, I don't know if you can tell. Oh, where is it? What? Oh, you can't really see it. Here's my floor, everybody. Uh, back here. Uh -huh. That's a hoverboard pillow. I could oh. literally, I could have that in my DeLorean. I could <gasps> sleep on my little hoverboard. It's like literally couldn't be more perfect. I'm a saying. Oh my God. And I have his Back to the Future 2015 future shoes as slippers. I mean, come on now. Who the fuck are we kidding here? I mean, come on now. Who the fuck are we even kidding? So that's three reasons right there for why we... I mean, we got the pillow. We got the slippers. We got the bed. It's a happening. It, there's literally no other reason it can't happen. Oh, my God. The flux capacitor could be a nightlight. I have to get out of here. Okay, we have to talk about true crime. Okay, I have to force you to listen to something terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's how this works, right? <laughs> Help me. All right. And that was a great story, by the way. I just want to I want to say um, I Thank really you. loved it. It was one of my favorites. I love I love time travel conspiracy shit like you, that. You know, I love it. And I've honestly never ended a story better by fantasizing about my DeLorean sleep set. So about your own tra time travel uh, opportunities. I, I promise you my sleep would it would improve by five might, million percent i think i'm gonna fix your insomnia just give me like a few minutes i think you need to episode. talk to like a sleep clinic and tell them you've cured it i've cured in fact. it yeah. for one person so you know that it's one one step oh one my step god i'm forward. so excited about it oh my god i'm so excited okay okay, okay. i'll figure it out uh so this is the story of nona dirksmeyer not a jerk Okay. And she was a lovely lady born to Paul and Carol Yvette Larpenter Dirksmeyer. <laughs> wow. One name. One name. It's like when I initially planned to make Schieffer Lampignali part of our names, and it would have been Oof. Christina Maria Schieffer Lampignali, and it's just too much, you know? It, yeah, that's almost crazier than Sergei Ponomarenko. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Almost, not but quite, not but quite. almost. But you've proven you could probably say it, so yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll go back to the drawing board. So those were her parents. She was born in 1985, day after Christmas, and she grew up extremely social, involved with her community. She volunteered with Big Brothers Big Sisters. She competed in local beauty pageants. She's basically like the exact epitome of the cliche. She lit up a room. Mm. She was beautiful. Everyone loved her. 
what could ever go wrong. I mean, you know, all of those tropes were true for Nona. She competed in local beauty pageants. She was crowned County Fair Queen, Miss Teen Mount Nebo, among other awards. And above all else, she loved and adored singing. Mm, okay. So for that reason, when she graduated high school in 04, she decided to pursue a degree in music education at Arkansas Tech University in a town called Russellville, Arkansas. And this pretty small town, she was a member of their concert chorale and their chamber choir. And by the end of 2005, Nona was a thriving 19-year-old sophomore in college. She had a committed relationship with her long-term boyfriend, Kevin Jones. They actually had been high school sweethearts uh, who planned to spend the rest of their lives together. And Kevin, for what it's worth, came from a stable, happy home. He was very friendly, low-key, very well-liked in his community. And Nona was head over heels for him. They were basically in this, like, in that sweet spot of like puppy high school love. sweethearts, puppy love, but like it's working even though they're long distance now. The Cory and Topanga. The Cory and Topanga, yes, like it actually worked, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is always so like cool we're, to like, see. I feel like in a lot of high school romance, even if it's very sweet, you're like, oh, but it won't last. It's never going to last. Yeah. But we're rooting for them. But we want it to last. And so, you know, they, they, were, they were doing great. And um, Nona's mother uh, loved Kevin, Nona's boyfriend. Um, she described him as a really caring person. And, uh, you know, Nona had recently been struggling with some deep personal issues. And Kevin was extremely supportive and there for her, even though he was only like a 19-year-old boy, basically. And Kevin's family loved Nona, too, which I also love when the two families really get along. You know what Me I mean? Too. I, think, I think that's hard to find. And I think that's really important. Your families have that. I, I'm so lucky because I've definitely dated enough people where it's not at all been that way. Um, I don't think I've ever had that where like everyone, I mean, not in a bad way. I think it's always been like everyone has no problems with each other, which is the, which is great. I, yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But I've, I've never had the like worse, <laughs> you know, I had, we've talked about my, my old boss, Nene mm-hmm. and her husband and their two parents, they met obviously through like their kids dating. And now they like go on their own vacations without Nene Whoa. and her husband. Like they love each other and became like best friends with each other and like have See? cookouts and like don't even like they forget to invite their own kids. They just <laughs> love like, each wait, other. You're together. Oh shit. Did we not invite you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, but how convenient of a love is that? But guaranteed the second that they have children, uh, if they have children, the parents are going to be like, okay, now we want you to come over because we want to see our grandchild. And it's like, right. okay, it was never right. about us. Okay, yeah. got it. <laughs> um, so, like I said, Kevin's family loved Nona as well. His father even said she was not a girlfriend or whatever. She was part of our family, which is just so special. So in college, Nona and Kevin stayed in touch by phone, and Nona was really big into communication. Uh, They spoke every single day for four and a half years, and they texted every day throughout the day, and it became kind of a running joke where if Kevin took too long to reply, she would jokingly text, you alive? Oh, no, I see where this is going. So on December 15th, 2005, Kevin hadn't heard from her in hours, which was immediately weird to him. Um, He said this break in their longtime pattern raised a red flag immediately in his mind Mm -hmm. 
And so at first he tried to ignore the feeling. And as a joke, he texted Nona her usual line. You alive? She wasn't. Mm. And there was no response. And so now he's getting actually really nervous. And he couldn't shake the feeling. um, But he was supposed to drive his mom to a Christmas party that night. So he asked uh, a friend of his named Ryan, who worked at a pizza place near Nona's apartment, to go check on her. So Ryan went and told Kevin that Nona's car was in her parking spot. Her apartment lights were on, but she didn't answer the door, which was very odd. If the lights Mm. are on, her car's there, she must be home. She's not answering the door. So Kevin, like, basically driving his mother to the party, they basically were like 180 and drove to Nona's place because now they're both worried. And so they keep knocking and ringing the doorbell. There's no answer. And so Kevin's starting to get frantic. He runs around the side of the house where he knows there's a sliding glass door. He didn't even look inside. He just tried the door and it opened. And at this point, his friend Ryan says, man, do you not see her? He's <gasps> like, what? And Ryan says, dude, oh, no. there she is. And as they looked through the doorway, they could see Nona lying on the floor in the front room. And in Kevin's panic, he hadn't even noticed at first. So Kevin rushed to Nona's side. Ryan let Kevin's mom in through the front door. Kevin immediately basically straddled her and started doing CPR while his mom called 911. Um, The call was emotional. I've heard clips of it. Uh, She could not stop crying. She told the (sighs) operator Nona's name and address. And Kevin talked to Nona while he was doing CPR, like, you know, come back sweetie like you're okay you'll be okay and uh unfortunately as you already predicted uh she was unfortunately too far gone for any sort of intervention at this point what did she look like was she like bloodied up uh yes i will um okay i will give you the deets momentarily so police and paramedics arrive and they pretty quickly tell kevin that nona is gone And Kevin's mom remembers hearing Kevin cry out so loudly in anguish that it sounded like he was howling, like his grief was just like escaping him. And that's when Nona's own mother, Carol, came by to check on what was happening. And police had to tell her right there in front of her daughter's apartment that she had definitely been murdered. So this wasn't an accidental thing. This wasn't um, a suicide. This was a murder. And what had happened is Nona had been stabbed repeatedly. Mm. And she suffered violent blunt force trauma to her head, which was inflicted with the base of a metal table lamp. Oh, my God. Yes. Very brutal. So from the start, this case, as we can probably uh, see a little foreshadowing, was going to be a media frenzy because Mm -hmm. Nona was young, popular, beautiful, blonde, um, sociable, you know, was had the photos of the pageantry and all this. So the murder was violent. It seemed personal. And her case basically fit that exact format of the cases we see news outlets kind of elevate above all other true crime stories 
It was also the lead detective, Mark Frost's first homicide case ever in his career. Jeez. So he felt a lot of pressure to figure the shit out fast. Yeah, no pressure at all. No pressure. So with no time to waste, police told Kevin, the boyfriend, that they had a few questions and they took him directly from the crime scene to an interrogation room. He didn't have a lawyer present. Um, I, I imagine he was still in shock. And he was asked questions like whether he had a key to Nona's apartment. Yes, he did. And, quote, I'm not accusing you of anything, but did you hurt her tonight? Oh. And so Kevin told the officer that he would kill himself before he ever hurt Nona. Yeah, with a like that howling grief mm-hmm. cry. I'd be, mm-hmm. honestly, as a cop, even if it's protocol, I'd be like, I can skip those questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know. Like, I can sense that, yes, that that's real. So when officers left the room, like any time that they left the room, uh, you can see on the CCTV, Kevin just like fucking falling apart. Like he starts sobbing. He's talking out loud. He's saying things like, she didn't deserve this. She deserved a life. And oh my God, please tell me, what am I going to do? Like he was in full on beside himself hysterics, like just beyond. And he got angry. He was, like, punching the back of his chair. He was sobbing. Like, he was just so overwhelmed. I mean, this kid's 19. This is the love of his life. Like, he found her body bloodied. I mean, horrific. So some people were looking at this and feeling like, hmm, this is a little bit of erratic behavior. Um, but also, like we just said, he's just performed CPR on a murdered loved one of his. He's only 19. Like, his frontal lobe isn't even fully formed yet. Of course, he's freaking the fuck out. But cops saw it as, like, just erratic and strange and guilty. They, yeah. they, they saw it as, like, guilty behavior. So, as you just said, Kevin was going through acute shock, definitely trauma, and he was alone without legal representation, but not only that, without emotional support. Hmm. So, finally, they, I mean, he has had no time to process this, like, no time to talk to his own mother. So, finally, they tell him to go home for a few days. Um, they were going to question a couple other people in Nona's life. Uh, but when they did this, they called him back and said, sorry, all the other guys in her life, their alibis checked out. So, <gasps> You need to come back in, my friend, and take a polygraph I, test. I can't even imagine how distraught I would be. And like, how so terrifying like, is that? Which, like, this is no different than I'm sure half the stories we cover. But to to know that to be so distraught and at the same time to have to deal with like one of the biggest stresses of your life that you could yep. go to jail for it. Like, I mean, I can't imagine juggling the two worst things that could happen to you at the same time. No, that's so true. Because, and I've heard. As you know, I watch a lot of true crime documentaries. I know, shocking. Um, but I've heard many times when they interview the partner or they interview the family or friend um, and who who ended up not having done it, they say, they describe that feeling as, you know, you're being interrogated as if you've done this horrible thing, so you can't even grieve it yet because, mm. like, you're, defen- you're in defense mode. You're, like, defending yourself... You yeah. haven't even had time to process that your sister, girlfriend, wife, whatever was murdered because you're like, I didn't do this. It, it's like a double. Like you, you suddenly now have two, two horrible things to grieve and and like which one do you pay attention by. to? Which one do you yes. focus on? Like, How could you? Yeah, and you'd have to do self preservation. Like you'd have to say it wasn't me, so that we can find the real killer. 
I feel like I would so desperately have to focus on the I don't want to go to jail thing, but you're so distracted by the the love of my life is dead thing. Right. And so it's it's horrifying to see like he's having a breakdown, of course, and they're using that as evidence that he's guilty of murdering her, which is like It's so wild that unfair. no matter what your response is, if you're the boyfriend of a dead girlfriend, you're guilty. Like Yeah. That's wild, like, because you could range from that one guy who killed his wife and two daughters and he didn't have any reaction and it freaked everyone out to wailing like a banshee because you're so... And they're like, wow, what an actor. Yeah. So no matter what, you're fucked. It's really scary how... And you know what? Actually, interestingly enough, he does talk about that later during the trial. He talks about, like, how he felt like any move he made, he was like, they were the jury was going to read into it you know and uh he felt like there was nothing i could do that was right because somebody would read into it so anyway they call him in they ask him to take a polygraph test he still has no legal representation so folks out there i know that there's a lot of mixed stuff because it's like well why would you get a lawyer if you're innocent but you're owed a lawyer in this case and you don't have to say yes. anything. I'm sorry. Like call, get a lawyer. Lawyer. I, even, even if I never did anything wrong, like I'm saying it now in case anyone ever, if something ever happens and you hear me getting a lawyer, don't take it as any sign of suspicion. I'm doing it because I fucking don't trust myself. Cause we do true crime I, podcasts and we know how fucked it can be when you don't have a lawyer and they the use the system against is against you. you. Yeah. Yeah. You need somebody on get your a side. lawyer. No matter how innocent you are, get a lawyer. I think it's worth it. And especially if you're being asked to, in a murder trial to take a polygraph and you're so distraught, you're not thinking straight anyway. So you yes. could accidentally talk yourself into being guilty, even though you haven't done anything. And by the way, your lawyer will probably be like, no, he's not taking a polygraph test. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. they can defend you in that way. So they ask him to take a polygraph, and um, he did. And so the man giving the test told Kevin he had never seen someone fail a polygraph as badly as Kevin did in his 20-plus year career. Oof. But also, I don't know I don't know enough about polygraphs, but if you're that distraught, I feel like your body is not registering right, right? Or I mean, I all I'm going to say is there is a reason that they are not admissible in court as evidence. So, okay. You know, for I I don't know enough either. Um, I know they're making different advances and uh, there's ways around the answers and that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. They could even be lying. I've I've seen cases where they say, wow, you really failed that even though they didn't fail it. Like they're just saying it because they think you did it. And they'll say, wow, you really bombed that test, hoping that you'll finally be like, oh, you caught me. Mm hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes yeah. they'll even just lie and yeah. say you failed it, even if you didn't. So who knows? But basically, they told him he failed worse than anyone else has ever failed on a polygraph test. And with no legal representation, uh, you know, Kevin heard them say straight to his face, Kevin, there is no doubt in my mind that you killed her. <gasps> oh, my God. And Kevin said, you're dead fucking wrong. I'm telling you. Detective Frost talked over him saying, we are done. You did this. You killed her. And the slight issue there is that there was such a lack of evidence. So police were holding on to this one kind of tenuous piece of evidence 
it, it didn't seem tenuous at the time, but it ended up being somewhat tenuous because it was a bloody handprint on the light bulb of the lamp that had been used to kill Nona. And this bloody print was Kevin's. Hmm. But the problem was he had climbed on top of her to do CPR. Yeah. And was right in the vicinity of all the blood was, was touching things. Of course he had contaminated the crime scene with his own DNA. I mean, that's uh, why they tell you don't touch anything because you're getting, yeah. you're messing everything up. Yeah. Well, and he was trying to save her life. So it was like, yeah. of course he's going to jump in there, but then you can't say, well, he touched it. Well, obviously like he was there and he's also her boyfriend. Like, his prints are going to be everywhere anyway. Yeah. Um, so that was the only thing they were really riding on. Um, and the lamp itself was less than a foot from Nona's body. And so when Kevin had climbed onto Nona, um, he, he could have like just leaned on it for leverage to, mm. to get, you know, leverage to do CPR. Um, basically Kevin's defense said what we just said, which is uh, investigators should have expected Kevin to contaminate the scene trying to rescue his girlfriend like i mean especially if you beat people to a crime scene and you just you find the person you love on the floor you're not gonna not try to grab her you can't say like oh now this is a perfectly clean crime scene that points to the killer like somebody's been involved now yeah and there was one more thing that kind of threw a wrench into the police's theory and that is they found a condom wrapper on the counter of her apartment and on the condom wrapper was some dna and it was not her boyfriend, Kevin's. Oh, okay. Okay. So things are still somewhat unclear, and police did not arrest Kevin that night. Instead, they sent him home and called Nona's mother, Carol, to tell her they believed Kevin had killed her daughter. So basically, this boy that has become part of her family, that loved her daughter, that they were going to get married, and they were just so happy together, now she has to deal with not only her daughter dying, but also... Now she's being told, and her daughter's boyfriend did this to her. Someone you trusted and someone she trusted. And also assuming that he ends up not actually being the killer. Like, the reputation that that... Like, he already lost the love of his life, and now he's going to lose his whole support team, too, because... Yep. Wow. Yep. It's it's stuff like this. I mean, and we mention it later, but, like, court of public opinion can, like, fucking ruin your life. You know? Even if technically you're not guilty because mm-hmm. it's always gonna like sit in their head then people of like, get well, it maybe. in their heads yeah yeah that's ex- and by the way that's exactly what fucking happened Ugh. so carol said that the police told her that kevin was a quote sociopath with a narcissistic personality okay calm down and she didn't think nona would let anyone she didn't know inside so part of her thought well i guess maybe i just didn't know him well enough and um you know the investigators told her the stabbing was extremely personal they said he failed a lie detector test like understandably she doesn't want to believe this but she's starting to because she's like well the police seem to be pretty damn confident and it made sense to her you know so Mm. now she's grappling with both of these things And so a week later, police hold a press conference and they say at this point that they know who the killer is. They just won't name him yet. So this, right? So this small town of Russellville, Arkansas, quickly put two and two together and are like, Kevin did it. Oh my God. Kevin killed her. Terrible. 
So newspapers started publishing headlines like Nona's killer remains free. People in town started putting justice for Nona bumper stickers on their cars and the town called for Kevin's arrest. Like they were like a mob, like an angry mob. And 90 days after Nona's death, police filed formal charges against him. And on March 31st, 2006, he was uh, formally arrested and charged with the first degree murder of his girlfriend. Hmm. So Kevin's family, for what it's worth, at least were behind him the whole time, 110%. And they had to put up their farm as collateral to afford a good defense lawyer which is just so sad and that's also part of it is like i know i said lawyer up lawyer up but it's like not every most people can't afford a good lawyer like who who am i to say like get a good lawyer like i don't know i don't even know how i would do that i don't know how to find a good lawyer (laughs) like i guess what i'm saying is if you're in that scenario don't feel like you have to answer everything like you can say i want a lawyer Mm -hmm. and they have to find you one so that's all i know um we just did a crossover with Sinisterhood and I feel like um, somewhere Heather's like, I feel like someone's saying very incorrect legal things out there <laughs> in the world. So I'm probably saying things very botched, but in any case, there's nothing wrong with getting a lawyer. But so they had to put up their farm as collateral so that they could def- uh, get a good defense lawyer. And the trial moved to Ozark because it was impossible for Kevin, obviously, to get a fair trial in Russellville, where people literally had bumper stickers telling him to go to jail. Mm. So in trial, the prosecution um, presented their case, but they did have some issues. So Detective Frost and his team had actually failed, interestingly, to fingerprint most of the apartment. They Why? I know. They only took prints from Nona's body and the area immediately around her. What? You've never heard of someone like hiding upstairs until you get home or something? Or the door. Mm. The sliding door that was unlocked. Mm. Anything. Hello? Wow. The fucking condom wrapper. We'll get to it. They did not test it. (gasps) They didn't? Nope. Trash. Trash. So there was blood throughout the apartment. It was near the front door. It was on the walls. It was on the blinds. None of that was tested. They didn't collect prints or DNA from any of those spots where the blood had spread. It's literally the John Mulaney bit of like, yes. Mm, now on to my hunch. Mop that blood up. I'm yeah. like, Yuck. Get forget, that away. Forget that uh, wallet someone dropped behind. Mm-hmm. Let's go with my hunch instead. I mean, it's ridiculous. So they did not take any DNA from anywhere besides her body they didn't even take dna from the empty condom wrapper and fortunately the defense was able to have that analyzed because it was still in evidence and that is how they determined that the dna on the condom wrapper was not kevin's and that he had never touched it and another man's dna was Mm. on that condom wrapper so prosecutors testified that kevin had murdered nona in a jealous rage And they said, well, the condom wrapper must have belonged to a man she was cheating with. And Kevin walked in on them and got angry and murdered her. But the jury could not ignore all of the missed evidence. Investigators also failed to collect and analyze any of the bloody footprints in the kitchen. Um, The fingerprints on the glass door that had been used by the killer to enter and exit the apartment. Thank God. I I feel like... 
I would be so worried that if I were ever on trial that the jury were was not competent or like was like they wouldn't because it's nice to know that at least they were skeptical of they the like fact caught that, on to that yeah i w- yeah. i would be so worried that it would be like for kevin's sake if it's a jury that's just like oh that makes sense instead of like critically thinking it through and being like wait yeah. a minute there's well, some i think that's also steps. the job of the defense to be like hey i'm gonna plant some doubt in your minds you know what i mean right, like right that's true so i think that's almost the i guess that's the whole game heather is that right (laughs) the lawyer on sinister red (laughs) i don't know um but yeah so basically the jury is thinking something's not right here um and the lack of thoroughness here made the jury start doubting pretty much the entire investigation thankfully um even the alibis of the other men in nona's life so in a dateline interview the host says The police claim that they had checked the alibis of all these potential suspects. And then as they're interviewing the jury, one of the jury members sarcastically replies, oh, as well as they gathered the evidence. Mm. And then they all start (laughs) laughing. (laughs) So like, jeez, clearly they went back to deliberate and were like, what a fucking bunch of jabronis. They didn't even get the fingerprints off the window. Mm. So Kevin's grandmother testified as his alibi, saying Kevin was with her during the killing in Dover, which was miles away, a different town. And finally, Kevin's defense team showed Kevin's full interrogation tapes to the jury to show how distressed Kevin was after finding Nona dead. Because I think if you take the clips out of context, like the prosecution may have done, it could paint a totally different picture. You know what Mm. I mean? Like they could probably take segments and be like, look at what he's saying. Like, she deserved better. I, I yeah. don't know. Like, I, I wonder if there was a way to play that. I don't know if they did. Um, but basically, they played the full version. And Kevin really came across as grief-stricken, terrified. Um, he did not come off as violent and erratic as they wanted to paint him. And so that was really a, a you know, point in his favor for the jury. Mm-hmm. I feel like also any of that CCTV footage of him just like fully having a meltdown is right. Yes. That's, they played the whole thing and it was like when they were able to not just see like snippets, they saw the whole thing. They were like, Oh, this is a man like in shock and grief, Mm -hmm. not somebody crazy. Like the police are trying to make us think. So Kevin during all this remembers feeling extreme pressure in the courtroom. Like, I mean, imagine you're like 19 and you're, in this horrible position everyone's looking at you deciding your fate like the fate of your life and he said quote one click of a pen one bite of a fingernail any wrong gesture or facial expression could sway the jury against me Mm. like he felt like they were always staring at him and like he he didn't know how to compose himself to look innocent but not like too innocent and then you you end up looking paranoid and then that could be bad enough you, like, don't want to smile, you know, obviously, but you don't want to, like, fake cry. Like, it's all just, I imagine there's so much that goes into that thought process that probably lawyers have learned to kind of train their clients. I don't know. So, in the end, the jury thankfully found Kevin Jones not guilty. Um, but, of course, like you said, his life was forever changed. Um, he was guilty in the court of public opinion, and he had been for months. So, his reputation was seriously damaged um but kevin and his family were still determined to find nona's real killer um both to clear his own name but also because nona was the love of his life and he wanted to know who the fuck murdered her 
yeah uh, oh yeah everything we were talking about earlier of like all the pressure of like trying to get out of the situation and grieve your uh-huh. the, the love of your life but then the secret third pressure is like someone who killed her is out there now there is right now we have to actually figure out who did it you're right there's like and a no one's helping lever. me yes and nobody believes it because they think it's me oh my god so they decided his family to ask um this man who was a part-time police officer part-time preacher for help this sounds like an hbo series in the making sounds like a joke my dad would say or something (laughs) uh two months after kevin's acquittal they got a lead uh speaking of your dad on a man named gary (laughs) (laughs) so gary dunn was one of nona's neighbors and police actually had questioned him early in the investigation and confirmed his alibi that he was out shopping with his mom. But the team got a hold of the dozens and dozens and dozens of boxes of evidence, this defense team and this pre- part-time preacher, this like kind of ragtag team. They get together. They have just, I mean, you know those uh, legal boxes, like those big mm-hmm. banker boxes? Just like full and you saw it on the dateline show like just full of evidence and so they are going one by one through every little scrap of paper every piece of evidence and they're digging digging finally finally hours and hours into this they find one measly receipt Mm. and this receipt proved that gary dunn had indeed gone shopping with his mother to the store that he claimed but it was not on December 15th, the day that she had been murdered. It was on December 13th, two days God earlier. God damn it. And the police had just said, oh, yeah, that checks out and moved on. So they finally had a slight little lead here. They're like, mm-hmm. maybe this guy's up to something. So when asked for his DNA sample, Gary Dunn agreed and gave it to them. And Kevin's family, because the police refused to do this, had to pay out of pocket for the DNA test. And so they did, but it was worth it because guess what? The DNA was a match to the DNA on the condom wrapper. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so now we're getting somewhere. And at this point, prosecution felt it was enough to bring this case to trial. So in April of 2010, Gary Dunn went on trial for murder. The suspicion was that Gary had been stalking Nona. Okay. And that he was obsessed with her. So it turns out he could actually, from his apartment, see inside Nona's bedroom window. And this is true or is it speculation? No, this is true. Oh, okay. Because he was one of the neighbors, so the police had actually interviewed him way early on, just because he lived next door. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he's like, no, I was shopping with my mom. And they were like, got it, move on. Uh, But turns out it was a lot more sinister than they realized. Uh, his wife actually testified against him, saying that he was very violent in bed. Oh, shit. And that she considered him capable of this kind of violence. And, and that's, she, by the way, that's a woman right there to, like, put her neck out on the line. To say, to say it, that. It's a scary thing to have to, he could, to have to say. He could be right next to you. Absolutely. At, at home the next day. Absolutely. Like, you're a victim yourself, you know? Mm. And so... She also claimed, the wife, that right before Nona's death, she had actually caught her husband, Gary, hanging out at Nona's front door in the middle of the night. Ew! Yeah. Ew! So almost like a, like 
like either like preparing or yeah like pretending or it's like one step away from officially breaking in it's like like fantasizing about breaking in how do i break in it's like preparing the break in Oh. Which also means he probably went around to the side to check the fucking sliding door. Oh, mm-hmm. so sick. So Gary's def- public defenders claimed the state was simply wrong about the DNA on the condom wrapper. Okay. I don't know yeah, how you can sure. really use that as an argument. Um, they said there's no proof he ever touched the wrapper. And they also claimed his alibi was only off because he got the dates confused. And yes, okay, the dates could be confused, but also... That doesn't mean he has an alibi now. Like, now he doesn't have an... Maybe he did confuse the dates, but... Okay, then where were you? If you weren't there on the 15th, then where were you? What's the situation? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me where you are. So the defense pointed the finger back at Kevin Jones again. The Again? The boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They said there were inconsistencies in the testimonies both by Kevin's mom and his friend Ryan, who were the ones that found the body together. So one inconsistency was at trial, Kevin's friend Ryan said he told Kevin to try to keep Nona warm. And he said when he first saw the crime scene, he thought Nona tripped on the lamp cord and hit her head on the table. But at some point, he also told police he tried to pull Kevin off of Nona's body while Kevin did CPR. And defense said, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would you tell Kevin to keep Nona warm and then try to get him away from Nona? Right. I'm like. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but maybe the paramedics said, like, she's gone, and he tried to pull him off. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And when Ryan was questioned about this, he said, I'm not sure why I gave conflicting stories. I've tried to tell it the best I've remembered. And, like, as we know, witness testimonies are uh, often flawed inherently. It's just really hard for humans to actually remember clearly how something went down. We, like, create a story in our minds. I also feel like that makes it a little more believable because I feel like someone who's faking it would want an airtight story. True. Yes. But yes, if you're saying true. like, I'm trying my best and I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. That and feels it probably, like an honest answer. I mean, you're in shock. Like your, your adrenaline's going. I mean, of course you don't know what to do. This kid's probably also 19. He's like, oh, yeah. keep her warm. Okay. Wait, no, stop doing CPR. Like who knows what it was probably hectic and crazy. And apparently um, uh, Kevin's mom gave some conflicting information as well. And they said, how could you make that kind of mistake in your son's trial? And she said, quote, because I'm not a perfect robot who knows everything all the time. I don't know how to explain this to you, sir. I was doing the best that I could under those circumstances. What I'm Mm. telling you today is the truth. Fuck yeah, mom. Yeah. So in the end, the defense unfortunately did a good job of convincing the jury that actually Kevin might have done it after all, even though he's what? already been acquitted. So Kevin's oh. family said it felt like now, even though Gary's on trial, it felt like Kevin's on trial all over again. So in the end, it was a hung jury and prosecutors were so frustrated. They immediately filed for a retrial. And this time the court finally allowed the, uh, the attorneys to prove present information on Gary's previous felony charge from 2002, which in the first case had been, you know, not, not allowed to be presented as evidence. So here's what happened in 2002. It's quite a roller coaster. Okay. So a woman was jogging on a popular wooded trail when Gary ambushed her from behind 
and started beating her over the head with a large stick. He struck her repeatedly until she broke free and ran away screaming for help. And when police responded, they found Gary hiding in the water near the trail. And he was put in prison for 18 months until he was paroled and moved directly into Nona's apartment complex. Leaf. And this was a few months before Nona's murder. So the woman that Gary attacked, who had survived, actually was extremely brave and took the stand and told the jury that the attack she had suffered was extremely violent, uh, just mm. like Nona's killing. So despite this new information about Gary's like history of violence, the defense still did an amazing job of deflecting suspicion back on Kevin. Like they literally That's were like, crazy. it's the boyfriend. And the jury said in a Dateline interview that they did seriously start to feel like Kevin might be guilty, not Gary. And this poor Kevin is like, I'm just trying like, to... Are you fucking kidding me twice Seriously. now? Seriously. So once again, it was a hung jury. Oh, they just my God. Like, I know. They just felt like there was not enough evidence. So a special prosecutor on the case said the jury told him, Jack, we feel like he did it, but too many mistakes were made by law enforcement in this case. You guys would have to go beyond, beyond the reasonable doubt. So in the end... Nobody was found guilty of Nona's killing. Oh. But. Okay. In December of 2018, Gary Dunn was arrested again, this time on a kidnapping charge. Whoop. Alrighty. Now, this one is an actual roller coaster. Here we go. A prosecutor who was involved in Nona's case said, I would love to tell you I am surprised he was arrested again, but honestly, I am not. He is a dangerous person. So what happened was December 4th, 2018, a woman was on her lunch break sitting in a shopping center parking lot. Gary pulled up to her in his car, masturbating. He started asking her sexual questions, and she quickly locked her car doors. Mm -hmm. Gary drove away, and the woman reported the incident to the Russellville Police Department. Later that same day, Gary followed a woman onto Arkansas Tech University campus. Like Nona, this woman, Riley Wagner, was a beauty queen. She even says that she had grown up hearing about Nona's story from a young age because she was in the same pageant circles. You know what I mean? And she said that was something my mom always warned me about, to be extra cautious. And she always instilled in me to be aware. So when Gary started following her onto campus, they were driving. He was following so closely that she felt something was wrong uh, beyond just like an impatient driver. And she noticed it was a man at the wheel and she just didn't, it wasn't right. Something wasn't right. So she parked her car and Gary parked in a way that blocked her car in. Ew. uh... Terrible. So as he gets out of his car, she thought fast and locked her doors. Good job. He started telling her to open her window. And she was like, no. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, which give me, give me a reason. No, yeah, thanks. give me a reason. I'll tell you here. He said, I need you to get out and talk to me. <laughs> <gasps> that it's like, that's, I don't know why that's so much more sinister. It's like, you're not even trying. Like, like you just, you couldn't even come up with a better fucking reason. Like that's like, it's like, you're not even trying to convince me. You're, you're not just like, there's like a puppy in my car and it's hurt. You're just like, get out of the car. I have to talk to you. 
Oh, I hate that. So crazy. So he tries to convince her to get out because he has to talk to her for some reason. Um, and she's like, I'm dialing 911. See ya. And yeah, bye. he j- jumps in his car and speeds off. So barely 20 minutes later, Russellville police were dispatched to a local Baptist church where Gary had approached a woman in the parking lot, grabbed her, and tried to force her into his car, screaming Oof. at her to get in. And wow, three for three. Think, I mean, he was All clearly on a day? mission. Well, he was clearly on a mission, and the first two didn't work out. You would have like you would have needed... thought. I mean, I guess if you're not in your right mind to like that guy, but I feel like if you're doing something creepy, like, and you somehow got away with it, round one, be thankful you got away with it, and just fucking don't try again. Like, why are you still testing the waters to I make know. it more and more complicated for yourself? Well, because he wanted to murder someone and to get his rocks off, I guess, and he Wild. he failed the first two, so he's like, I need to get this. I need to finish this job, so to speak. So he found Ugh. a woman in a parking lot and he grabbed her and he tried to shove her into his car, screaming at her to get in. But she thankfully managed to break free and escape back into the church. So based on the descriptions of Gary and his car by all three women, police tracked him down that night. And of course, it was Gary Dunn. And in his vehicle, they found an assortment of knives and ropes wonderful great wow that doesn't at all make you look guilty you're right date night not he was ultimately found guilty of attempted kidnapping and sentenced to 15 years in prison but he is eligible for parole at the end of this summer august 11th 2023 and how old will he be when he gets out or Um, eligible for it he was 39 in 2018 what does that mean 39 in 2018 so five years ago so he's 43 44 Okay, so we've just found out he's, like, in his early to mid-40s, which is quite fucking young. He, like, he got to do all of that, and he'll just be back on the street. Back on it. And that's so terrifying. If he if he makes parole. I mean, let's hope not, because clearly this guy has an agenda, and the agenda is to harm women and rape them. So I'm like, how you could let this man out, I don't know. But again... Like, he was not convicted of the Nona case. So it's like, fuck. Like, he, he's only convicted of the attempted kidnapping, not the rape, not the murder. It's, like, so infuriating. The fact that he has, like, 50 more years to, like, do something he couldn't keep in control of for the last 40 years. Yes, exactly. It's oh, like, it's... so he's definitely going to do it again. It's so, so scary. This is, like, one that I actually think I'll keep my eye on. Yeah. Just, just I don't know. I Just, I don't know why. I don't know for what. Just to warn people in Arkansas. I have no idea. So it was decided he wouldn't be tried a third time for Nona's death. Um, and so, for that reason, her case remains open. And Russellville police welcome any new leads that the public might have. Maybe you know something about this mofo. Gary Dunn, that could actually pin him down for once i don't know um but riley wagner uh who was the one that got boxed in with the car and you know she dealt with ptsd after this run-in with gary especially finding out that that was the one that was like the boogeyman of her childhood stories you know what i mean i can't imagine not having ptsd because you even i feel like even in a town where it happened in your town you still think well lightning can't strike twice and it's like 
oh, it didn't happen to me. Great. And like, what are the odds, you know? And of course they're slim, but it doesn't mean impossible. And like, imagine calling your mom and being like, well, you know, that guy you always warned me about. Oh, thanks like for it's warning the one me about him. The one time a mom does not want to be right. Exactly. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. So she d- deals with PTSD for obvious reasons, but she has since been crowned Miss Arkansas USA. Good for her. Okay, that's what's up. And she shares her story so people will feel empowered to protect themselves in situations where things don't seem right. And I love that. Like yeah. if you're going to use a plat if you're going to have a platform, I think it's amazing that you're using that to empower women, you know what I mean? Especially if you have firsthand experience. You know what I bet danger. she's read? <gasps> My little Gavin DeBecker. <laughs> the gift of fear. I bet they're friends. I hope they're friends. I do too. What a power couple. Not a couple couple, but like what well, power power work couple you know you can still be a platonic power couple platonic like you and me that's us so kevin has since made peace with nona's mother who for a little bit had been convinced that he had murdered her daughter Mm -hmm. um but so they actually are are they've mended their fences that's good i know and she obviously no longer believes he is guilty which is great um, he's now married and he works, get this, as a criminal defense attorney. Good. And guess where he works? He practices law in his hometown of Russellville. Wow. Good for him. He went back to the place where everybody said, got bumper stickers, like wanted him in prison. And, you know, I don't necessarily blame them. It's like the police said pretty much he did it. Of course, you're going to be like, well, fuck, put him in jail then, you know? So as a certain extent, I understand that mentality, but also... But that's, that's also the lawyer you want on your side as someone is like, oh, I've, yeah, been, I've there, been there, truly been there. Wow. So anyway, that's the that's the case. Um, wow. If you want to watch the Dateline episode, it's pretty good. Um, they interview Kevin. Uh, it's called Dateline Secrets Uncovered. It's uh, season seven, episode 22. Um, and it's something cheesy like what happened to the prom queen or uh, something, something like that. Some classic wow. Dateline uh, title. But that's the story um, of poor Nona Dirksmeyer. It's too. It's just so sad. Yeah, it's a real bummer. It really um, takes from the joy I was feeling earlier. Oh, well, yep. I feel like I really thought you were going to say... Uh, at the end, I thought you were going to plot twist me and say, like, it was Kevin all along and he I know. admitted it. I was going to be felt, so mad. I felt that in my bones because I, because I, I was getting, I was, like, going along with you, like, yeah, he's clearly innocent. And then I was like, oh, my God, M's, M's thinking I'm just, like, fucking setting them up. For, you're really, like, you're really, you know, reeling me in. I'm sorry. I feel like I've gaslit you so many times now on this show that, like, you never know what, what fucking rug I'm going to pull out from under you. But... No, this time it was all pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, you know, he was in the wrong place, wrong time. Uh, wow. It's just, it's just tragic. So I'm glad he's like rebuilt his life, though. I think that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, at least there's, I mean, it's not a happy ending, but there's yeah. like a productive ending. Yeah, at least he know. was able to move forward and, you know, um, I don't know, start a family of his own and be in the same town even though it kind of did him dirty back in the day yeah i hope he has a real um keeps climbing the ladder there keeps proving everyone wrong me too me too 
Um, and I'm sure How- he's traumatized. Think about it. Like 19 and, and going through that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was either going to be a lawyer or a therapist after that, I think. Uh, I mean, you'd have to be, or at least spend a lot of time with both. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Anyway. Well, Christine, how are you feeling after all that? Physically, mentally? I mean, definitely drained, but like the day quill's still going strong. So that's good. How are you feeling? Uh, about the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want you to be annoyed with me. I'm sorry. I know it's hard to uh, have this end the episode every week no, no maybe I, I maybe this is on me maybe i need to find a way i don't think anything's on you i think I this know. is just this is the the con of this having a true crime show it's like how on <laughs> earth do you end it the only way you can appropriately end it is how they do like on dateline where they just like say like some really powerful good night you know oh okay they, i'll say it hold on oh for dateline i'm lester holt oh does that work yeah. Okay. That, okay. Bye. <laughs> For Dateline, I'm Lester Holt. Good night. And that's why we drink. Oh, okay. Bye. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a Remax agent has answers. Hey, Brian. Those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.